Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. Not all sports are created equally. Some are more complex than others. For sure, mastery of anything is a challenge, but history and reality reinforce how hard wrestling is. When my next guest and I first met, he was intrigued by what I was doing, but it didn't take long for me to be impressed by what he was doing. Stick around and find out what I'm talking about. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As an all-in-one youth sports management app, TeamSnap helps take the stress out of coaching, letting you spend more time with your team and less time organizing. As a coach, I love to track the real-time RSVPs, which lets me prepare for each training session, and I love to post scouting reports and discussion topics. As a parent, I appreciate being able to sync my kids' schedules directly into my calendar and use the Team Chat feature for timely updates on where to meet and park. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com slash winning for more information. It's important to give back, and I am intentional to do so in many different ways. One is with my alma mater, Northwestern University, where I've served as a mentor in a program through the school's athletic department that connects its student-athletes with professionals in various fields. They get to learn about the day-to-days of different jobs and the expectations and skills each may require. So I've shared about my experience as an NFL reporter, my experience as an author, and my experience as a communications consultant. But you know what's been amazing for me? I've met some incredible young people who've accomplished so much on and off the court, field, or mat. And Michael D'Agostino is among them. The twist, though, is he's so humble, and I was honored to become a mentor to him. Yet in our interactions, he was always modest about what he was doing in wrestling. So it wasn't a surprise that I learned that he was honored as an All-American via social media and not from his account. And though we've known each other for a few years now, I also didn't realize something else. D'Agostino is a significant name in wrestling, with four members of his family already in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Wrestling, and I don't mean the version with pay-per-views and fake gold belts and spray tan physiques, dates back tens of thousands of years and the untrained eye may not really understand how difficult and challenging the sport is. But several of my high school friends were wrestlers, and I had the great fortune to cover wrestling as a freshman at Northwestern for the student newspaper and cover the sport at two Olympic Games. So I knew how special and hard it was for Michael to earn one of the most distinguished titles in his sport. I'm excited for you to learn about our relationship, his family, and Michael's background in part one of our talk. Let's get to it. Well, I am so excited to have as a guest today, Michael D'Agostino, who is currently a graduate student at Northwestern University and an elite wrestler in the NCAA. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Well, Michael, I just got to start off just for our listeners here. Tell the listeners how you and I got connected. So over COVID, actually, our program at Northwestern, NU for Life, they do a really good job at like connecting us with people for after collegiate sports, just so that, you know, 
we're not just in the sports world only. We also are set up for afterwards with athletics and Usually it's in person, but obviously over COVID, it couldn't be. So they set up a kind of like a survey beforehand, kind of get a feel of like type of professions you're interested in. And, you know, they connect you with other successful mentors over the course of the, the day. And I was a journalism major and wanted to do sports broadcasts. And I graduated from Adila actually last year, but during this time I was a junior. And I got connected with Sean through NU for Life and been friends since. Yeah, it's a great program. I've been involved. It's such a privilege, you know, just because I'm a graduate of Medill myself. And, you know, as someone who's a little bit older now with kids, the ability to sort of just give back to the school that I absolutely adore is just very special. And so, you know, I've stayed in touch with several of the students I've met through the program, but certainly you're, you're among the top of that. Well, I'm so glad that we are connected, you know, that we do have a relationship. And I wanted to have you on just because I think it's important for the young listeners and the parents to just hear the journeys of exceptional athletes and what it takes, the highs and the lows, the insights that you might have. But before we dive into some of those insights, I want to start out with what's your favorite childhood sports related memory? Honestly, it's not really childhood, but last year when I got to go to the World Series with my brother, I'm a, we're Atlanta Braves fans. We're all from North Florida. I know it's not a child exactly, but it really stands out to me because we were always grew up watching John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Greg Maddox on TBS every night. And me and my brother always promised each other if we ever went to the World Series, we'd go. Wow. We never got to, I wasn't born in 1995 when they made it and won, but he was, but he was too young, obviously, to go. He was only like seven or six years old. So we always would watch it every night and we'd go to spring training games because it was at Disney, only about an hour and like 20 minutes away from us. So we grew up always watching the Braves. You know, they all had some good teams here and there, and but we never got it done until last year. We it might have been a little expensive, but we spent the money. We went to game went to game three, which is really sweet to see. Got to see him win. And that was pretty much one of my favorite sports moment ever getting to go to, to a World Series game and spend it with my brother, who we always talked about going to the game as a little kid. So it's kind of coming full circle. My second question for you, Michael, which coach or teacher encouraged and inspired you most when you were younger? Uh, for me, it was probably my dad. He was a, uh, a wrestling coach and was my coach throughout my whole life. And one thing I just greatly appreciated was no matter what, he never like made it to where it was like more him was the reason why I was wrestling than myself, which I think especially in wrestling you can find is like there's so many parents that like push a little too hard and the kids don't even really get to fully enjoy the sport. And they're just doing it for the wrong reasons. And my dad was always in my corner and helped out and supported a lot, but never, uh, never pushed me too hard to the point where I wasn't enjoying the sport. Now, I've coached my son, and I know there's a lot that's discussed about a parent coaching their child. Tell me about how that dynamic worked with you and your dad and, and why you have such a positive reflection of that time. Yeah, uh, for me, it was like never like it was never like I was like forced to go to a tournament or forced to make this weight. It was kind of just, you know, whatever you want to do, we'll do it. And one thing that really stands out to me was in high school, we travel like hour and a half, like three times a week to Orlando to practice with some better guys towards the end of my high school career because I wasn't getting really recruited. 
like early on in high school. I didn't travel to many national tournaments, but I needed to get better competition, better practice partners so I could improve. And he was willing to drive me three or four times a week to Orlando there and back three hours after work just so I could do that. And it wasn't anything he was forcing on me. Like maybe if I had a bad practice, you know, he, he wasn't even there to see it, which is good, I think, because sometimes, especially it's just practice, you know, you're going to, the whole point of practice is to try things. You have a lot of parents who like watch practice and then like they're yelling at their kids or critiquing them while they're just at practice, let alone games on top of that. And I think that can create like a toxic relationship between parents and their kids because then your kid's looking at you more like a coach than a parent, you know, mm-hmm. and it's good to have both, but you don't want to like tie those two things together too, too much. You know, you still want your, your dad to be your dad, not your coach and look at yeah. him like that, you know? And when he was your high school coach, how did he deal with that? I mean, did you work with an assistant or did he have to really coach you when you were on his high school team? I would say he was treating me the same as everyone else on the team, which is how it should be. There was no really like, oh, you're my son and I got to treat you differently. I think that's what helped was everyone on the team. It didn't really matter if you were the best, the worst guy on the team. Everyone got similar treatment, which is I think that's also what helped our team be good in high school as well was just the fact that, you know, no one was really different no matter where your background was or who you were. Now, you come from an incredible wrestling family. You have so many uncles, and your father was very successful. Your grandfather was successful. Tell me a little bit about the story of wrestling and your family. So it all started with my grandfather and his brother. They grew up in Western Pennsylvania, Mercer. They just started wrestling their younger. There's three boys. Steve, which is my grandfather, Gus, which is his brother that was very successful, and then Rudy. All three of them wrestled growing up, and they all had boys. Gus had two boys, I believe, and my grandfather had four. So they all were about the same age and all got involved in wrestling. Western Pennsylvania is a pretty big hub for wrestling in America, so they all just kind of got involved. It's kind of like in Florida, like football is big and everything like that. But in Pennsylvania, wrestling is kind of a sport everyone does, you know, especially when it's cold up there. You know, they'd rather be yeah. <laughs> inside than on a field. But they all started wrestling at a young age. And I think it really worked out that all of them were around the same age group. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made it more fun for them, you know, get to wrestle with your cousins and stuff. And all of them were pretty good. Uncle Gus and, and my grandfather, Steve, got to go to Lock Haven. Both of them wrestled there on the same team. And they were the first All-Americans for Lock Haven there. And to this day, there's still a big portrait in their gymnasium at Lock Haven. So they uh, got to do that, made their imprint there, and their kids all wrestled. Uncle Gus had Mike, another Michael, who went to Penn State, and then Uncle Mark went to Tennessee to wrestle. They were both pretty successful there. And then my grandfather had my dad, uh, Steve, wrestled at Maryland. Uh, Uncle Lenny wrestled at Ohio State. Uncle Phil went to Edinburgh. And then... Uncle George, who went to Lock Haven. So there was a lot of uncles and stuff who wrestled in college. And then from there, they all had their own kids. And me and my brother wrestled as well. My brother wrestled at UCF, and then I'm here now at Northwestern. So kind of just big branch off family tree. <laughs> yeah, well, one of the things I'm always curious about with families that have such a deep history around a particular sport, I mean, did you try other sports and did you feel like you had to do wrestling or how did you deal with that? So I always, I did try other sports, played football, and then I played baseball for a while. But I think just growing up and like, I had a big brother, like I said, he wrestled. So like when you're little, 
and he's a, he's 11 years older than me. So I, when I was a little kid, he was in high school and I was always around the wrestling meets and I never, never was forced to like strap on wrestling shoes and go wrestle. But like when you're a little kid, you just want to like rough house and stuff. And I was pretty energetic little kid. So I wanted to go out there and wrestle. So it was at daycare. I couldn't take kids down. I was getting yelled at. So my parents were like, all right, if he's ready to go wrestle, we'll put him in there. But it was never me being forced to wrestle. It was just, I saw it all the time and wanted to get involved and do it just because like my big brother was doing it. And what do you think has made so many people in your family successful in wrestling? I mean, are there just secrets passed down from the generations around wrestling? Or how is it that so many people in your family have been really, really good at wrestling? I think it all probably just stems from just good discipline throughout the years from like my grandfather. He was a pretty strict guy. I think if in wrestling discipline is one of the biggest things, you got to watch your weight, you got to work out, keep your cardio high and you can't slip up or the guy behind you is going to catch you. So I think that's the main thing is our parents have been pretty good at disciplining us and, you know, raising us right to realize responsibilities, priorities, stuff like that is where it would stem from. Before I close, I want to share something special. My presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches in youth sports who are making a positive impact on young student athletes. And our second honoree is Sage Bernstein, a coach at Parkway Hoops and a current Division I soccer player at St. Francis in Brooklyn. She recently coached her under 12 boys team to win the Parkway League, inspiring her players with her energy and knowledge and also serving as a positive example for girls in the program who look up to her. Congratulations, Coach Sage. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com and go to the contact page. You can even leave me a voice recording. And of course, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to must-have app in youth sports. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you again next time.